A very good evening and welcome to Hockey the Podcast. We've had a little break. I was away at the Junior World Cup. And in that time, some big news for South African hockey. The reappointment of Giles Bonnet as the head coach of the SA Hockey Woman. We have Giles with us tonight and we're going to dive into why he would want to come back and what the challenge ahead is and so much more. It's good to be back. And of course, it is Hockey the Podcast. So as alluded, uh, Giles joins us tonight. It is uh, just myself here tonight. Derek is uh, doing dad stuff with his daughter, Ash. Um, Giles, uh, welcome to Hockey the Podcast. Thanks, Aaron. Nice to be on. Yeah, look, uh, we were we were really excited to, to hear that you had uh, put your name in the hat to return to South African hockey. It's, it's a role you know well. I mean, you spent a, a fair amount of time in it, having some great success in the journey. But... Uh, I mean, Giles, there's no better place to start with. What what was the drawback? I mean, why would you want to return to a role that uh, that at present looks like you would be coming into a fairly challenging environment? I think the um, the the challenge challenging part, I think, is the interesting part. And uh, you know, if we look at COVID, has played a big role. In many teams, uh, South Africa is one of those. Um, but um, if one looks at the the past four years, it's it's been a challenging environment, and um, in different in in different ways. And uh, I think that um, uh, there is a group um, of players that has uh, a lot of potential, um, and I think that's that's the exciting part. And I think the the project of Paris uh, 24, 27 months short project. Um, with with uh, I think with a lot of potential in the group and um, uh, to work to achieve something uh, with a committed group of of young female athletes, I think that is um, that that brings a lot of passion and energy. And and, and Charles, I mean, obviously, we record this year a month into the role already, but uh, you've already had your first get together with the with the girls. Uh, had a training camp up in Joburg. You had another one coming up. Have you been impressed by the uh, the energy levels of of the players? And obviously, I'm not asking you to name any players, but just in general. No, um, I, I'm wondering if I'm a month. In. <laughs> it probably feels like it. I'm a little bit short of a month, but uh, say three three odd four weeks. Yeah, three three weeks. But yes, it's. I mean, what's what's been great? I think is that it's been combined with the Junior World Cup. So that was a, a great platform um, to start with. Um, we had a camp at the same time in, in Johannesburg, and it was opportune to be able to watch two of the games live, but also to watch the rest, um, you know, via television. So yes, um, that's that brought a lot of energy to to see the players. Uh, brought also energy. Um, there's no doubt about that, um, and and also just to sit around and talk about. Um, the direction that we want to go in um, and to see if that fits with the, the players' uh, commitments and um, and what they see. And uh, I think that was that was interesting to do. Uh, you brought up the Junior World Cup and, and I'll apologise right now uh, if you had to endure some of my commentary. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, 
South Africa finishing seventh, uh, and and it's a remarkable um, finishing position. But it was a, a tournament of frustration for the South African and the South African public, specifically at the way we snatched at chances. We created a lot of opportunities in games. I mean, Ireland, Korea, and USA. We weren't able to quite finish off. I, I mean, as a coach, is it pleasing that you saw the positions players were getting into? Um, or is it more frustrating that they got into good positions and weren't able to do more with it? Yeah, sure. It, I mean, it's, it's easier to watch and observe than to be the coach on the sidelines. And I think for the coaching staff, it must probably was, um, was frustrating. I mean, but having said that, I think if you look at, uh, I think it's the best ever finish, right? I think seventh, they finished seventh. Yeah, yeah, seventh, with, uh, sixth once before, yeah. but in a, a smaller well, tournament. Six was once before, yeah. So, so I mean, sure. And there, a couple of teams were missing from 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 this event, but it takes nothing away from the performance. And I think if you look at the performance, I think that's what one needs to look at. And I think there's a lot of potential in in the group. Um, and sure, they would be disappointed, perhaps, in uh, in some of the outcomes. Um, but uh, they created um, a lot of penalty corners at the right moment. They created scoring chances. Um, so there were a lot of good things, I think, that came out of it. And, uh, and the way that South Africa played, I think, was also, was also exciting. Um, we have speed. We have uh, a go-forward mentality. Uh, we want to take the game to the opposition. Um, and uh, inside all of that, there's a lot of passion on the field. So I think, um, I think it... Uh, it, it was it was a great tournament, um, and the performance is something that one can work on in in the future. But um, you know, one always wants to finish perhaps higher. Um, but I think that uh, ultimately they did, did themselves a lot of credit at that particular event. Yeah, they absolutely did. And I'm just slightly deferring because we're talking about that. But uh, in terms of the tournament, as you say, you watched two games live. You watched a bunch on TV. Overall, as a country, how proud can South Africa be of their hosting of this tournament? Well, I, th- I think uh, the Pro League with the men uh, showed, and this particular tournament showed, uh, I think it was a world-class event. If I listened to all the feedback I heard from different countries, uh, different coaches and people who came to watch it, it was fantastically well-organized. So I think that just shows, again, that South Africa is able to to host major events. You know, it, um and and I think that's that's really good for the country and 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 good for the future. I think we need to host more events. You know, we're very geographically far from from a lot of the uh, other hockey centres, and to host events means that we can uh, get more opportunities. If you look at a lot of the teams that have climbed up in world rankings, uh, the, part of why they've done that is because they've hosted events. Um, and I'm not talking the Olympics, but I'm talking World Cups. Um, and other events, and uh, as a result of that, they become a host, and then they get into a World Cup event. And uh, so, I think South Africa has has shown that they have um, that administrative skill. Um, and on top of that, I think as a country, it's uh, it's cost effective for for people to come and visit, and it's a beautiful country. Yeah, it absolutely is. And you know, the the praise that I heard from the different teams there in Potchefstroom, eh? Yeah, it, it is a funny thing if you ever think which was the first city that would host a World Cup on African soil. 
Not sure Potchefstroom would have been top of the list, but uh, after it, I think they might be the top of very many lists because it is a wonderful facility. It might it might not have uh, the biggest party life, but in terms of sporting facilities, it is world class. And and on that note, we have seen the Northwest University show tremendous support to the men's team. Uh, is that something the women will be embracing uh, in the near future for camps as well? Yeah, we we've um, we obviously in a different situation to the men. Um, I think the men have a, a very firm uh, calendar uh, with the pro league, and having played the pro league um, at Potterstrom, it makes sense. I think that they're based there, um, and any home games most probably will be held there. So, I think that makes sense for them. For for us, it's uh, it's different. I think we are not restricted to one particular area. Um, we have, uh, I have a sort of vision to to play games around the country at different schools rather than at uh, major centres. So really take the game to the community um, in the in the upcoming uh, two year period, uh, where we can showcase our players, uh, but at schools um, where there's massive support uh, for the women's game, um, and we can go to areas that um, perhaps haven't seen international matches before. I mean that that is sensational. We we've seen the Springboks do that quite uh, successfully. Obviously, not playing test matches at schools. There's no space for for them. But uh, embracing the schools, taking the games to to different provinces, has seen the the support for the Springboks grow. And, and it's something that potentially we haven't done enough of. I mean, the major hubs of of KZN, uh, Western Cape, and Joburg have pretty much hosted everything. So uh, it would be quite quite a nice thing to see test matches moving around, Free State hosting something, uh, the Eastern Cape. Exactly, yeah. And there's some great schools. There's some great uh, uh, boys' schools, but also girls' schools that play at a very high level. I think that would embrace it. And, uh, and I think we'd have a lot of support from the local community um, at those particular venues. And, uh, and uh, kids who play the game, who love the game, will be able to see, you know, their role models um, sort of live playing. And uh, so I think that's, that's one, if we can get it right in terms of uh, support from you know, a sponsor uh, to do that. And I think that's one of our, one of the goals that, um, that we have. I, I mean, we talk about playing a lot of test matches, Giles. I mean, you were, you were famously uh, uh, quoted and, 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 referenced for many years when you were with the, the women's team previously about the fact that you wanted to play 100 test matches a year. Is that still a, a key component of your approach as, as the national coach? Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt there's a link between um, teams that, that do well at the Olympics and the World Cup, in the World Cup and major events in terms of the test match experience. I think... Um, some of the teams were close to 2,800 caps. Um, I think the Belgian men's team were close to that um, in this Olympics. And they're sitting now on uh, World Cup uh, victory and, and Olympics victory. Um, and a lot of the other teams that have done well are over the 2,200 mark. So there's, there's no doubt that that, that is an important um, experience, let's call it bar, that one needs to attain. If one looks at South Africa, the last four years, we've played 38 test matches. So, you know, um, that's, that's very low. So 
we would need to um, for sure look at um, uh, increasing the, the experience of the players in a very accelerated way over the next 24 months. So I think realistically for us, if we can look at doing that, we will overtake other teams. Um, it's a very short period because of the late Olympics in Tokyo. You have 27 months between now and the next Olympic Games. So a lot of other teams will be caught up with the European challenges, the Pan Am challenges, qualifications. South Africa is a woman is in a unique position in that they are the dominant force in Africa. So they can almost pick the date, you know, um, in terms of without getting ahead of themselves, that they should should qualify for the Olympics. And then you can plan accordingly. So, yes, I think 120 games in the next 27 months should be an objective if one wants to make up the distance um, and and become a force in, in world hockey. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I love it as, as a hockey nut, as a, as a hockey fan you know, I want to see my national teams playing. And, and you know, you, you shared the stat, 34 test matches in four years. I mean, I remember going to uh, Wondrous Club in Joburg when we were playing China and we played, I think it was China and Ireland and it was something like 17 test matches in 21 days. I mean, I know that was, was extreme. But, but one of the things that has changed since you were in the role is the ranking system has changed. Obviously, now every single game has ranking points. Does that change the mentality towards these games at all, or does it actually help them more than than hurt it? Maybe. No, I think I think for the the, the teams that are outside of the top six, I think this is a uh, well outside of the pro league at least. This is a unique opportunity uh, for real time ranking, and I think this is something that years ago I've been pushing for the FIH to change, and I'm and I'm very very pleased that it's now finally done. This gives the opportunity for uh, a real-time um, uh, world ranking. And if you look at the, the world ranking at the moment, it's perhaps um, correct if you look at teams where they are ranked and, um, and their performance. And in the past, that uh, was definitely not the case. And um, it was difficult for us as South Africa. I'm going back to 2010 uh, to 2014 to actually build up ranking points because you need to play in tournaments um, and there you will get your ranking points depending where you finish. And you're always coming up against other teams that are far uh, further than you are. Um, and the status quo remains the same. So this is you, this is great. And I think there should be no fear for, for playing teams that are weaker than you that will get points and, and likewise teams. You just need to get the balance right and playing enough teams um, that are stronger than you and enough teams that you should play on a par with you that you can learn to beat. And that's if we look at just the recent tournament for the under-21s, I think that's a case in point. There's certain teams that are that they would have said, well, these are the teams we should beat. For instance, the Dutch, who we shouldn't beat, you know, but um, you want to play them and learn how to play those teams. And, um, and they're teams that are below you that you should be able to put away. And putting away is by a big margin. So, yes, I think it's uh, for us, it's a fantastic opportunity. And then we welcome the real-time ranking. Yeah, it's exciting. You know, one of the things that we talk about there is the, is the fact that it affects, uh, you know, your tournament allocation. And it's that ranking that saw us put in the bottom pool, which sees us yeah. draw Australia, Belgium, Japan at the World Cup. And that's an exciting prospect, but it's also a uh, a fairly ominous prospect to go and face those giants in Spain. No, exactly. We ranked 16th in the world. So 
you know, you could say we sort of below our fighting weight, but I think it's probably realistic in terms of, you know, what we've done in, in terms of results and, and also um, how many games we've played um, over the past, the past four years. And there are different circumstances for that. So there's no blame on, on, on management or South African hockey. It's just what it is. And we need to look at how we change that um, and what systems we put in place to enable us to... Um, you know, to do more than the competition. Um, and that's what it's all about. We know we know what everybody else is going to be doing over the next 27 months, and, and we need to accelerate our program. Um, and that will take an effort, and that takes a commitment and a sacrifice. So, so yes, I mean, when we look now at the, the World Cup, I mean, it's, a, it's a tough challenge. Belgium is, is uh, like Spain and India in the women's game are doing exceptionally well. Um, and so that's going to be a tough call. I think you know, Australia is in a different space than it was in the past. Um, and Japan is a team which I think wants to, with a new coach, wants to prove that, you know, Tokyo uh, wasn't, uh, wasn't everything for them and uh, they, will, they will be tough. So I think the World Cup for us will be a very hard event. And not long after the World Cup is the Commonwealth Games. Um you know, I, I know that our men uh, really are fancying themselves. They've got a tough pool. But uh, obviously prospects look a little bit brighter at the Commonwealth Games based on the teams that are uh, attending. A lot of countries downplay the importance of, of the Commonwealth Games because a lot of the big nations don't go through. Uh, where does the, the Com Games sit on your spectrum of importance? Yeah, I think the firstly, if we look at sort of periodization, I think the World Cup for us is a little bit of a bridge too far, but it's a unique opportunity to prepare for the Commonwealth Games, and um, and we will do that. You know, the women's team I think played in Tokyo, and then they played the Africa Cup, and they haven't had two. They didn't do a camp before that. I think they just met and left. Um, so you know, you can almost say for six months if you take the Africa Cup out. For six months, uh, six months, the women's team hasn't done anything. We will not play any matches um, uh, between now and the World Cup. Uh, there's a couple of training matches we've got before that. So it's very difficult to, to uh, arrive with that preparation and, um, and do exceptionally well. So we have to be pragmatic and realistic about, uh, I think, the World Cup. Um, but it will be a great opportunity for us to play Australia. They're in our pool in the Com Games. Um, and yes, the Commonwealth Games has a different Indian team that will play in the World Cup and at the Commonwealth Games. They're not in our pool, but um, obviously it, it might have an impact in terms of classification. And um, I think the Commonwealth Games is a, is a tournament that we can, uh, we, we can look more seriously at. Uh, yeah, look, I look forward to it. Uh, it's, uh, as you say, it, it's, been a tough, it's been a tough run. Um, if we look back at Tokyo... You know, our ladies struggled there, five out of five defeats. Um, not much goal threat except in the India game. The African Cup this year was probably one of our least convincing uh, routes to victory, uh, trailing 1-0 in that final. Um, the the spark seems to have been gone. Uh, or not, not gone, the spark is missing right now. Uh, you know, Joel... What what is it that uh, what what is it that needs to happen to bring that spark back? Do you think? Yeah, it's it's hard to say. You know, I wasn't here in this last period, um, so it's really difficult to to make a, a judgment call on on what what happened or what took place. And I think everybody worked very hard 
to do the right thing. If one looks forward from now, I think um, with all teams that I've been involved with, it's 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 really about uh, getting the belief back in a team, and I think that's the most important thing. And it's, uh, it's to to put in the structures that will uh, enable the team to uh, to book results. Uh, we want to win, um, and I think you want to get um, the ratio right in terms of uh, winning matches uh, to drawing and, and to losing. And you need to transfer that across. And at the moment, uh, we're sitting on the other part of the spectrum, and we need to change that. And in order to change that, we need to look at the playing style. We need to look at, uh, um, you know, you can't take a knife to a gunfight, you know, so we need to level the playing fields. Uh, we need to make it uh, more in our favor. How do you do that? So those are the things that we're going to be busy with to make our matches more competitive against teams that are higher ranked than us so that we can book results against them um, and make it very difficult for teams to beat us. So it's, it's those sort of things that we're going to be putting together. Um, and, uh, yeah, we need to uh, get back that, um, uh, that spark. I think that spark is there. I don't think it's, it's not there if I look at the players in the last camp and if I look at the under-21 players um, who don't have that history, let's say, within the national team. Um, so I think, to, uh, I, I think it's there. It just needs to be lit, Darren. Yeah, I think that's a, a well-worded way, way of saying that. And, and I mean, I don't mean it as any disrespect to the players when I say that Spark is gone, but we didn't quite see the same fight from a South African team in an Olympics as we've previously seen. And uh, I know the 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 hockey loving public in South Africa, and and we know there is a, a big hockey loving public. Um, that's all they want. They want to see a team contending. We saw how they backed the team uh, back when you were there, and we were into London 2012. I mean, one of the great tournaments was when we went to India uh, for the Olympic qualifying tournaments, and we won there. But how how would you say you've changed? in the years that you've been away from the role? Yeah, I think, I think as a coach, you, you always renewing yourself. I think that's, um, yeah, that's part of coaching. And, uh, so, you know, what worked back then perhaps won't work now. Um, and hopefully you have more tools, um, at your disposal, um, having developed yourself, um, over that period of time. Um, and also one's got to make it relevant to, um, to the team today compared to the team uh, then. Um, I must say I'm very excited when I look at the player base that we have at the moment. I think, um, I think we have a very exciting base um, of, of, of players um, that can fit into the style that I'm considering. Um, so I think in terms of um, what, I, what I like about the game and the international game is that um, there are new things coming up all the time and uh, it's how we embrace those and learn from uh, from what's what's taking place out there uh, with teams so if you look at teams that are doing quite well uh, Spain women is a really interesting team to look at they are pressing in a very unique way um, it's a team that's been together for eight years um, but that's a team that presses well so it's for us it's interesting to take some of the elements from that um, yeah, look at the Indian team. They introduced uh, a lot of younger players um, into that group um, some while back, about four years ago. And we see those players doing very well at the Junior World Cup, but also in the senior ranks. They bring speed. 
they bring technical skills, they bring a go-forward mentality. And in the past, um, they were relying on one player, um, and that's Rani, and now they have a group of players. Um, but it's a younger group that is uh, bringing that energy for them. So they've developed a drag flick um, as well, which they didn't have before. So there's, there's certain things which I think for us, uh, when I look at our team, I think we can emulate um, a lot of the teams that have already accelerated their program over a period of time. You know, I'll just use an example. Uh, India, for instance, um, the, we played them before you made a note of that when we beat them to qualify for London. Um, and one of the reasons we beat them is because they had older players um, who were carrying a lot of injuries. Uh, they've had the services of Wayne Lombard for five years. And Wayne has revolutionized Indian hockey women by making sure that they are fitter than they've ever been and they have no injuries. Um, we are fortunate that we have the services of Wayne with our team. So what India did in terms of the physical component, we will be able to introduce into the South African women's team with uh, Wayne's intervention and also with the support of CISA, um, who are supporting us with the biokinetist on the ground. So, you know, we are trying to take um, the best people in the world to bring them into our program, to learn from certain teams who are playing in a specific style that we think is relevant today. That is, um, it's a zonal press, for example, from Spain, which wasn't done eight years ago. So I think all of those elements, I think um, uh, we want to bring uh, to the table, but um, it also fits if I look at the playing group that we have. So I think that um, yeah, there, there is an exciting uh, opportunity for South African women going forward. You mentioned all the players there for India, and of course uh, one of the great success stories of your previous reign was uh, when you managed to uh, get Piti Kutsia to reverse her retirement. She went on to become the all-time world record goal scorer, a goal-scoring machine, and, and such a vital cog in the team. Uh, is that something you consider now, looking at players, maybe not necessarily retired players, but players who aren't currently inside the inside the system, uh, who have been lost to the system? And, you know, I'm not going to ask you to name names. I'll just throw out random names as examples here, but someone like Dirkie Chamberlain, Candice Manuel, Jade Main, maybe Elisa Dietlifs. You know, w would you look at that type of player and try and reincorporate them uh, considering the, the shortened nature of the, the, the stint? Yeah it's, a, yeah, it's an interesting question. I think, there, and there are more, Taryn, you mentioned a couple of names. There's some other players that have, have left and, and gone to university in America that are playing there as well and have done, and have done or doing very well. Um, and, uh, yes, I, I think as my philosophy is that if you have a South African passport, and you are in good repute with South African hockey, we should be able to select anybody in that basis. And that's high performance. So um, at the moment, the criteria for selection is IPT, that you need to attend that. And um, so one needs to, to follow that line, obviously. Um, so, you know, I respect that. Um, but yes, if, if players were to return, play IPT and make themselves available, um, obviously, we would look at those players um, and we would then make the, the selection on, on merit. Um, so it's a very short timing. It's 27 months. Um, and uh, Paris is the objective for us. And we have big ambitions to do very well in Paris. 
um, you know, having come last at Tokyo, we want to change that. And uh, we've set some internal goals for, for Paris already um, that I think could be attainable if we, uh, if we do the right things um, all the time from now. You know, we can't wait. And, uh, and yeah, sure, one of those is to, is to consider the, the selection uh, of who is available that can, can make the difference in the style of play that we're playing. Speaking of style of play, you, you obviously you had your time with the Belgian men, but since you you were the coach of the SA Women, you have also presided over both Canada and China. Are there little things that you've learned, little aspects of their style that you'll look to incorporate into a, a, a purely South African approach? Yeah, I think yeah, for sure, Tony. I think the um, I mean. So, South Africans, you know, we we have we have a fighting mentality. In my opinion, we we want to take the game to the opposition. We don't want to wait and sit very low. And there are moments where you need to do that. Um, but I, but I think our our mentality is is about uh, playing forward, uh, high pressure. Um, and uh, yes, then that's something that uh, that fits with me. And then if I look at the group that we have, I think uh, the speed that we have in the team. I think that's something that can can work well uh, in the women's competition. Unlike with the men, the high pressure is, is something that creates a lot of difficulties to teams. Um, we see that with the Spanish women now playing against Germany, playing against India. They create a lot of havoc uh, with that high pressure. Um, Holland have done that also with great success, but they're quite a unique team because they're very technical and, and tactical. So... So yes, I think for us, it's um, we want to play um, exciting um, hockey, but uh, we want to play exciting hockey that uh, that generates a, a result, um, and we want to work within um, the ambient of what our culture dictates and what uh, feels good for us. Um, and I think part of that is is to be extremely aggressive, um, and uh, uh, we want to um, we want to lean into that. It's exciting to hear, and then obviously those relationships uh, hopefully will be used to get some some of those test matches that you want. Uh, of course, Canada. I, I mean, looking there must make you quite proud to see the Canadian girls get that victory over USA and qualify for the World Cup. Going to be a tough challenge, but a, a special moment for them as well. Yeah, sure. It's, I'm, I'm only I'm extremely pleased that uh, those players have, have made it and, and have qualified. It's uh, it was a great journey. It was a similar journey to, you know, in terms of time-wise. Uh, it was uh, just over 19 months that I spent in, in Canada. We moved nine nine places up in the world rankings, and um, and uh, and to see them now qualify, where we narrowly missed out on Tokyo in shootouts to Ireland, um, is fantastic. Uh, it will be great to see um, those players performing uh, on the world stage. Um, and we actually have a training game against them, which is which will be nice uh, oh. prior to prior to the World Cup. And and just last thing on the World Cup, I mean, just because it popped into my head. Obviously, you based in Spain, half the tournament based in Netherlands. Then the crossovers. Mm. Do you like that dynamic for a hockey tournament, or would you prefer to see it all in one venue? You know, I, th- I think it's 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 I, th- I think it's going to be interesting because you know obviously you've got. The crowds in Spain, we've got the crowds in, in Holland. I mean, uh, uh, we'll be able to watch on TV, so it won't be you know that that far off for us. You know, normally you're not watching all the matches anyway when you are participating. Um, 
you're actually playing your game, you're going back, your analyst is looking at the game, you're getting it coded. So you're not really picking up other games live. So for us, I don't think that's a, that's a big issue um, as a team, let's call it. Um, and uh, I think Spain is a fantastic hockey venue, as is, as is the Netherlands. Um, and uh, it'll, be, it'll be interesting, obviously, where you finish. If we finish second or third, then we fly through to Amsterdam, uh, to the Viking Stadium for, for those games. And if you finish fourth, you stay in Terrassa. Um, so that sort of dynamic, it's, uh, it, it will be interesting uh, how teams cope with that, so the movement and then the games um, uh, played. So it's new for everybody. So I think uh, in that way, there's no team that can have an advantage over anybody else. It's just how adaptable you are to change. And I think uh, South Africans, in my experience, change is something that we embrace. And uh, so I think for us, this new format uh, will be easier for us to to um, uh, to accept and to, to embrace and, and uh, do well in. Yeah, maybe just maybe that, that becomes another weapon in our arsenal to use. Um, yeah, Giles, uh, I mean, lastly, you, you, you mentioned it already, but uh, sponsors play a big part in the process. Um, what is the call to sponsors? What, what, what is the SA Women's Hockey Team looking uh, to partner with, to grow with, to, to underline... Yeah, uh, I mean, th- this is uh, your opportunity. Maybe one of the sponsors will listen. And you know, what is the call for them? Oh, sure. It's. I mean, it, it has to fit obviously with um, with with the with the sponsor in terms of uh, you know aligning themselves with with South African uh, women's team. You know, the um, I think I think the 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 biggest thing that just sort of could resonate is that. Um, we want to do something um, that's quite unique. You know, we have uh, major ambitions for this team over the next 27 months. We want to push ourselves from 16th in the world, you know, into the top 10 in world rankings um, in a very short space of time. We want to play over 120 test matches um, in order to accelerate our program and gain the value, invaluable experience that we don't have uh, to be able to compete on the world stage. Um, and like our men, we want to see if we can qualify for the Pro League, maybe not this year, but uh, definitely in the Nations Cup next year. And, um, and we, want to, we want to make the quarterfinals in, in Paris. Um, so we have, uh, we have an incredible ambition. We are driven and uh, we have a group of uh, young uh, female athletes, um, which I think uh, is, um, yeah, not everybody has... Um, everybody has a unique story, let's say, in, in, in the squad that we have and how they've got there. Um, and I think what sacrifices they've made to become an international athlete. Um, and I think that's a unique story. And um, so, yes, we, uh, we're looking for a partner who, who wants to share in this journey over the next 27 months. And it's, it's, it's a journey that we think can... Uh, create a, a unique uh, experience, not only for the players themselves, but also for, for a partner who's willing to you know, partner with us and, and, and walk the road with us. Uh, that is awesome. So the call is out there. If there's a partner out there who wants to partner up, come and back the SA Women's Hockey Team. Uh, it's going to be an exciting 27 months. Uh, we know, Giles, that you'll be putting uh, South Africa back on the map and... and not to say we were off, but back right at the top of the map and people want to come and play us once again. Uh, we look forward to seeing the team develop. Uh, 
Hockey the Podcast will be joining you along the journey as much as possible, exposing the players, exposing the the, the support staff, and of course, telling the stories that are previously untold. That's that's what we're here for. Uh, I appreciate the time tonight. Thank you uh, uh, for for chatting with us, taking us through your your uh, your plans, and uh, yeah, we look forward to to seeing the team together and and starting to do some magic stuff for the country. Great, thanks, Sarah. Appreciate the time. Absolutely. Hockey, the podcast. We're back after a, a long break. As I said, apologies. Uh, I was a little bit distracted with the Junior World Cup. That's done. It was an amazing experience. Congratulations to Netherlands. Of course, if you want to see our team of the tournament, go ahead over to Instagram, Hockey, the magazine on Instagram. It's over there. Go and see it. Give us a, a, a shout out for which player we missed. Who was your favorite player? What did they do? Whatever else. Uh, but make sure you're following all the channels, Hockey, the magazine, Facebook, Instagram, it's Twitter, but really quiet there. And of course, Raider Media. Thanks for listening. Cheers for now.